Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affect all of us in and out of the ACB community. Hi. Hey. Welcome. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee or a mimosa, or maybe even a Bloody Mary, and let's brunch. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony. I'd like to welcome you to my inaugural cast show. And this is going to be a weekly magazine show, which will feature some of the movers and shakers in ACB, news and happenings that affect us all, and generally some community involvement. Shortly in the next couple of weeks, we're going to go to a live format where you guys can call in and join the conversation. But for now, sit back and enjoy. I have a great show prepared for you. In our Movers and Shakers section today, we're going to be talking with Debbie Hazleton and Jason Castingway, the Movers, Shakers, and all-around gurus of ACB Radio. Then in the In the Spotlight section, we're going to talk with Sheila Young, the esteemed president of Florida Council of the Blind. And we'll round out today with a conversation about Ira with Janine Stanley. What's happening? What has happened? Where Ira's going, et cetera, et cetera. I asked a couple of tough questions and got some really great answers. So I really hope you enjoy today's show. You learn something and you feel like this is a place you'll want to come back and brunch every Sunday. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and why I wanted to do this show before we jump into the segments. My name is Anthony Corona, not to be confused with the virus, and also not part of the Corona Beer Dynasty, although I really wish I was. I do, however, enjoy a Corona Beer on occasion, but um, I digress, which you'll probably hear me say many times on this show. I digress. Anthony Corona. I am a recent transplant to Miami via New York City. I've lived in Boston, Atlanta, Virginia. I went to school in Long Island. And uh, I came down to Miami for love and for a better life. And things are going as well as they can go in this pandemic. I literally got on the plane March 11th. And at that point, shelter in place was something that they were banding about as a far off possibility. And a week later, it was, well, it is. But I'm glad to be here. Some of you may know me from another show on this station. I am one of the co-hosts of Pride Connection, BPI's weekly ACB radio program. Um, Some of you may know me from convention or uh, mid-year in Washington, but uh, I wanted to open up this kind of show because we're all we're all stuck and we're all going through it. And I wanted to bring something out that would be fun, an easy listen. Some, you know, we can't brunch in person and. Believe you me, I will be the first one somewhere in Miami Beach brunching under the sun just as soon as I know it's safe 
to go out there with my partner and my dog, our dogs. But until then, and even when that's happening, please come and brunch here. And I want to state right now, this is not my show. This is all of our shows. I welcome feedback, show suggestions, ideas. And hey, if you want to co-host, come on and banter with me. Have a Bloody Mary or two. Please let me know. You'll get the contact information at the end of the show. And like I said, I, I welcome all forms of feedback. I'll give you a little bit more about me before I dive into the segments. I'm blind a little over four years. Uh, I lost my eyesight pretty rapidly um, through a combination of events. But suffice to say, I, uh, I had shingles at the time and did not know that it could attack the tissues in your eyes, ears, and brain. And by the time I found out, it was basically too late. Uh, I am a guide dog user, as I just referenced. My guy is Bodhi, and he is amazing. I worked for 10 years with the Associated Press, first as a writer and then as a writer slash editor. I've covered human interest, arts and culture, and entertainment with the Associated Press. And at the time I lost my eyesight, I was the managing East Coast entertainment editor. But um, that's part of my previous life. What I am up to right now is working very hard for BPI, um, working to make ACB a better place and uh, doing these two great shows, as well as some offsite advocating. Uh, I used to help fundraise for New York City Pride and the gay men's health crisis, but of course that's all on hold this year. So I um, I'm moving forward and putting my fundraising efforts into BPI. I am the acting secretary at the moment and co-membership chair with Leah Gardner. I was on the convention planning committee and uh, we're doing some great things over there. Our show is on Tuesday nights. It's called Pride Connection. We've got some great celebrity guests coming up in, in the next couple of months and advocacy pieces. We're a, we're a great organization, a great sister show. So if you guys haven't checked out Blind Pride International, as Gabriel, our president, is fond of saying, we're a family. Come as you are. You don't have to be LGBTQ. You don't have to be lower, no vision. You just have to have an open mind and no judgment. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to stop commercializing for BPI. So Sunday edition going to be here every week for two hours, going to a live format, like I said, and I'm going to stop talking about myself now. But if you do want to know some more about me, I am Anthony Corona on Facebook, and I recently did an amazing podcast with Stephen Salas. It's called My Blind Life. You can find it on all your major podcast outlets. I'm episode number two. So if you want to know more about me, that's where my life story is. Let's dive right into the show. Well, I am here with Jason Castingray and Debbie Hazelton of ACB Radio. Since this is my inaugural broadcast, I figured what better guest to have than the people who brought me here in the first place. Hi, Deb. Hey, Jason. Hey, thank you for having Hello. us. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you. Uh, people listening should know that I am also a co-host 
on the BPI Pride Connection. I want to thank you guys for all the work that you put in getting that to light and then jumping on this project as quickly with as much enthusiasm as you have. I'm very appreciative. BPI is very appreciative. And I think the listeners out there are pretty appreciative. Awesome. That's wonderful. Well, we're glad we can help. The first question that a lot of people have asked me, and I figured, why not throw it out to the professionals? How do you get a show on ACB Radio? Well, mostly it's a matter of contacting us. Um, I kind of tend to do a little bit more of the groundwork on some of it. I mean, the networking and the sort of, you know, hearing the ideas. And then Jason and I often get together on it and with the person or people and work out you know what what it is and what it is you want to accomplish what kind of show it is what channel it might be best on what time of day how you're going to get your content and deliver it and whether or not there is the ability for you or the presenter to be able to edit etc and then jason gets to go in on a lot of the detail of the technical side of it and we get our schedule our scheduler which rick morin has gotten to be known as our expert person in in building our schedules so he's an excel guru he really (laughs) is he is he's quite good at it flip flop things around figure out oh we got this many replays we got these many slots and this time of the week is 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 you know prime for this kind of stuff and oh it's just amazing yeah. He talks about pivot tables and I'm like, well, watch what you're pivoting on the table. Cause I don't want things falling off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with you, Deb. How sure. did you get to ACB radio? What was your trajectory and how long have you been here? Give us your, uh, give us your ACB radio story. I loved radio as a kid, as many of us did. And uh, got to know, listening to, you know, the various personalities and the music and all that. And, and at some point, when I was working for Health Communications, a publishing company, I remember thinking a lot about how radio is a major community builder. It, it just has an incredible way of bringing people together. And there's a lot that radio gives to people that people have, you know, get for free. And, and there's a way that people can feel in touch with the community in a variety of ways, all kinds of communities, all kinds of radio, at least radio that we used to know a lot of it was that way. And so somewhere, well, I started doing features for the motivation station WNN back in 90 and 91. I had two books that I wrote. And after the first one came out, we had a radio station near the publishing company because I worked for the publishing company since 86. And I was the outreach coordinator. And this radio station was there, WNN. And they said, Debbie, we want to get you on the air. And my boss said, well, we can't afford sponsorship. We can't afford to take that on. But maybe you can go and do something on the air. And maybe in turn, they'll give us a radio spot. So we did and, and health communications ended up 
being a publisher of a lot of bestseller books, like the, they published the Chicken Soup for the Soul books and the John Bradshaw first book mm. and the, the Adult Children of Alcoholics, a lot of recovery and personal growth kinds of resources. So I ended up having two books that came out and then they wouldn't let me stay on the staff and write books. So I ended up doing these WNN features. I was syndicated nine times a day on different stations. And then I had three groups of features. I think the last one was six times a day on several different stations throughout the country. And so the station decided to stop running features, but I still had the radio bug in me. And so I kept meeting up with different people. And in 2007, I was on CTI radio. I did a show called Hanging Out with Debbie Hazelton. <laughs> and mm. people were saying, you got to come to ACB radio. And at the time, I was like, oh, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. And I knew Marlena. And I knew, you know, Jonathan Mosen, Byron. And finally, you know, I was like, okay, so 2007 was when I also started on ACB radio and I started with the good energy mix, which is still on, on Monday morning on um, interactive and which is soon going to be the cafe. And then I, I uh, years later, well, 2012 started in the quiet, which is on, I think it may be 12 different internet radio stations throughout the country as well. And, and good energy mixes on another couple of stations and then various shows on mainstream. And so it's been in my blood for a while and I never envisioned being the managing director, but it's an honor. I love ACB, which makes it really good because I think if I, if I only loved ACB radio, which some people did for a while, not get how much we hold hands with ACB and work together and to be about ACB, that's very important. And of course, I love my dear friend, Jason. So it's just great all the way around. Well, that's a great segue. I will then turn the same question over <laughs> to you, Mr. Jason. All right. Well, Debbie has been a big influence because when I, I always knew ACB radio was there, even from the very beginning, but I didn't fully understand the outreach, that the, the number of people that it was reaching. Uh, I, I just thought, oh, what a novel thing, you know, back in 2000 or 1999 when I figured it out, you know, mm -hmm. the whole internet was pretty new to me. And I thought, that's cool. But I didn't pay attention so much until um, I was catching Debbie Hazelton's shows, um, both the Good Energy Mix and In the Quiet. I think I knew about Good Energy Mix first, and then I realized, oh, there's In the Quiet. So I began listening to those, and I've been, I was hearing other promos. I was hearing other things and references to other streams that ACB Radio has, and started paying a little more attention and liking what I was hearing. And it was you know, through more conversation with Debbie that probably around the last quarter of 2015, uh, I was, quote unquote, gently drafted to um, <laughs> to become um, part of the main menu team, which, you know, being a tech savvy person, I felt, yeah, let's let's uh, see how I can contribute to main menu because I knew about main menu, but I hadn't listened to it in a while. And I knew that 
surely um, between all of us on the team, we would have some great things to contribute. He so, saved it. He did. He saved it. <laughs> yes, he did. did. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thrilled that I could be a part of that. And main menu has blossomed because um, we ended up welcoming Janine into the fold as well. And, and as well as some others who came along uh, thereafter and a couple years into doing main menu, I thought to myself, what would it be like to have a show on interactive, you know, an actual music program where I'm rather than being a pre-recorded thing, it would be live. I would have to be talking and engaging people. How would that feel? And the more I thought about it, the more excited I got. And I think it was in June of 2017 that I began uh, broadcasting on interactive through a show called Artfelt. It was a play on the word heartfelt, Felt. Uh, yeah. except using the word art. So mm -hmm. I felt I felt that that was pretty cool. And, but I ended up capitalizing the A and the F, so people understood that it was still one word, yeah. but kind of a play on the on the two words. And uh, it's it's been fun. I, I've gotten to enjoy meeting other people broadcasting on interactive and especially now with my new position as um, ACB Radio Managing Technical Director. I get to work with Debbie a lot. I've gotten to work with lots of other staff of ACB, and it's been a real fun and learning experience for me. Awesome. I have caught Art Phelps, and um, I listened to your, your tribute. Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, yeah. Yes. And later in the program, I actually have Janine Stanley coming on to talk a little bit about Ira, but we actually got into a conversation about you as well. And, and anybody, oh, actually, that's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> anybody that I've spoken to um, has, you know, really glowing things to say. So I was really glad, you know, I myself can say, you know, two projects have come to light rather quickly with a lot of, fanfare and back and forth and um i you know behind the scenes i can only imagine you know you guys have a very short small staff so it must oh, be a lot yeah. of work and i would imagine mm -hmm. having a title is wonderful but you're probably wearing six or seven hats a day even with a title yeah yeah a lot to juggle and a lot of things to keep track of and people to call and email and <laughs> all that good stuff and yet I I guess a couple of things. One, I'm super proud with all the changes that we've been able to make mm -hmm. since last summer to help rebrand ACB Radio. And I think it's being noticed by many, and it's not just Jason and I doing it, it's several people. And Jeff Bishop is a wonderful friend and support person and leader. And we work with Rick and Deb Lewis and a bunch of people that all come together and the other thing that well I guess there are two things that mean a lot one is the trust of people in ACB like Eric Bridges and Nancy Becker and um, people that that help to support us and work with us and let us know what they need it means a lot to be trusted to work with and for the organization and then it also means a lot to bring people content where they feel that sense of community, like what I first felt about the potential of radio. 
when I think of people turning on the radio and hearing a solution to something through advocacy update or through a convention or when we have streamed World Blind Union in the past, when I think of people hearing something that gives them a feeling of, I'm not alone. I'm not the only blind person. I'm not the only person that's ever had to deal with this. And here's someone with a solution or an idea or a, an upbeat feeling or anything like that that makes a difference. I mean, that makes me cry in a wonderful way. That really makes me happy, joyous to know that other people can feel less isolation and more connected and all those good things that go along with it. Mm. Yeah, especially right now. I mean, obviously, ACB is running a lot of different connection ideas, Zoom calls, and and a lot of things going on on, on ACB radio itself. I know BPI, we strive, mm-hmm. to, we strive to put a couple of things out a week just to keep connection going. And I, I love the fact that no matter what time you turn, you know, you turn mainstream on, you turn one of the other streams on, there's there's a familiar voice at the at the other end mm-hmm. and you know three yeah. o'clock in the morning when you can't fall mm-hmm. back to sleep because you've been cooped in your house for weeks on end now that familiar voice is is definitely I don't know if you guys get ratings numbers or but I, I would definitely be curious to know if if there's been an uptake in in listening and streaming and so on since this all started. Jason can speak to the numbers, but one thing we do know is that the community calls that have been happening and the uh, calls that have been on ACB radio, because some of them are and some of them aren't, and the board meetings that have been streamed, now we have streamed two and we're streaming the third one uh, tomorrow night, Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday. We know that people are listening more. We, we had over 300 people at that last board meeting. And we know that even after people go forward into the new normal, whatsoever that is, we know that community calls are going to continue. And we know that our numbers are, are getting even better with ACB radio. But Jason is the numbers guy. Well, you say that, and I can certainly collect the numbers. <laughs> I feel like, okay, I was a great algebra student, but when it comes to looking at these um, statistics, I, I have been putting them in a, in a table to make them a little more readable and understandable. And I definitely see that our numbers are steady and getting better. And I know that our feedback has certainly been very positive. We've gotten, I've heard word from several different people about how, wow, the programming is so much better and and this is wonderful. And people seem to be really happy with what we're doing. Yeah, that's the vibe I've gotten so far. Um, You know, and and we only launched Pride Connection a couple of weeks ago and it's gotten a lot of traffic and it's, you know, throwing out a Sunday magazine show that highlights the movers and shakers of ACB, news that affects us all, a little bit of human interest component. I mean, that's saying to me, my history, I, I wrote for the Associated Press for 10 years. I was a, an entertainment editor for a while. And so, you know, to be able to kind of bring that to the organization, it really warms my heart. And, and I'm excited about it. And I, I'm really glad about how much excitement there seems to be out there for it. But you mentioned earlier 
um, I'll put it in a facelift kind of way. That last summer, you guys undertook a facelift for ACB Radio. What, right. precip- what precipitated that? And, you know, what were the goals when you were, you know, when you looked at what was going on and what you wanted to go on? We knew that we wanted to change our music stations uh, for a variety of reasons. And we have a trademark on the cafe. And so we decided to, we were already knowing even before last summer that we were going to merge interactive and cafe. And that should be happening really very, very quickly. And so we will have all of our music on ACB Radio Cafe. And the, the tagline will be with an interactive experience. And actually, I think we will feature some little tidbits about broadcasters as well as musicians and artists who happen to be blind or visually impaired is that's what the cafe stream started to be and has been for the many years but we've also known that a number of things just haven't been updated in a while on all of our streams and even our you know our ids our lots of things partly because the job was done by one person partly because Larry had some health challenges, partly because it's just been um, an, antiqu- an antiquated system, very uh, laborious to update things. And Jason can speak even more to that, but it's just been long time, long past the time to update things. And, and it's good for the organization to do mm-hmm. that. And because of our uh, association with, you know, interactive as as broadcasters in general and you know being on the main menu team uh we were uh, approached and asked if we would help in the summer and and it was on a voluntary basis at that point and we were excited to be able to get a foot in the door as it were and begin working and sort of understanding how everything came together and then putting ideas together about making changes and it just it really blossomed quite substantially it's i mean yes. i'm thinking i'm kind of like thinking about it now like wow we've come a long way in not we even have. a year yeah mm-hmm. absolutely we have and um and then you know then to be asked to move into these roles on a in a professional way i mean i just i still am absolutely honored yeah I mean, yeah pulling our hair out once in a while but you know but mostly really, really honored. Very, I, I still consider it a privilege. Me too. Well, I think listeners, we as listeners consider it a privilege to have you guys. Um, yeah. So growing pains, are you all the way there yet? How much more do you oh, want to do? Oh my heavens. Well, first of all, now <laughs> we are about to launch the very first virtual convention. And uh-huh. while it's sad and while it's it's a heck of a lot of work to take on kind of midstream rather than planning it from last year's convention i have always seen the potential and hoped that we would do both and so my guess is that by the time we are doing live convention again we'll take the best out of virtual and we will be able to bring some of both uh, maybe a whole lot of both. I mean, I I just have the optimism and the enthusiasm, and I love that. And I, I think, I mean, we already know there are people who are saying 
well, I could never afford to go to a physical convention. So we are going to probably help to grow our membership a whole lot more and our sense of community a whole lot more. And in a way, I think it'll be a huge blessing, even though it's sad not to be seeing people in person. Yeah, it's absolutely sad not to be able to have that that human mm-hmm. touch connection. But yes. I, I kind of feel like at this moment, this is the time. My philosophy in life is to try to make as much lemonade out of the lemons that's thrown at me as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the ones that don't get bruised. <laughs> but, you know, yes. this, there'll never be another time like this. And yes, it's, it's hard and it's sad and it's frustrating. But looking on the other end, it's a huge opportunity to reach a lot of people that have looked past the organization for whatever reasons mm-hmm. and lure them back in and say, hey, you know, we are moving into the future. We are right. looking for young, fresh energy or not so young, just fresh energy. We're looking I for, think. yeah, we're looking, we're looking forward. We're looking into the future. And, and that's, I liked very much the, the name of the convention um, and Annie happens to be a friend of mine. So I was glad that she's the one that, that yeah. suggested it. <laughs> Dan Spoon took the childlikeness and the magic of the heart ways that people communicate and all the, the points that people look for in a convention, whether it's social whether it's ACB business of, of not just the voting because we're not doing that, but the ACB, let's talk about issues. Let's know, let's get updated on things. Let's connect lots of dots of issues of things that are important. Let's have social, let's have community. Dan has built the convention to mirror as much of it as possible. And it's, it's, it's got that childlikeness. It's got that magic. Uh, and so for us to be working, I mean, we just had a huge meeting this morning on putting all that together. And, oh, we've all got a ton of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and there's going to be some fun surprises along the way, too, I, that I mm-hmm. think will, will really captivate people's attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are always new pieces of technology coming out that may – have a lot of influence over how we do things. Um, one of the things I'm very excited about is that when we have our server fully upgraded, because right now we're, we're running on an older system that has served very well, but it is very finicky to be able to upgrade it and keep everything happy. Whereas when we eventually have everything switched over and can update the way we want, we're going to have probably new ways of managing the schedule and plopping in new promos without having to do a whole lot of work and new shows and just everything. I think the management of everything will become much easier. So I don't know, coming from my technical standpoint, I'm very excited about that as well. So before we leave convention, I wanted to ask you guys with excitement, always comes a little bit of fear. What's, what's the fear for convention this year? Are you afraid of Zoom bombing? Are you afraid of things breaking down in the middle of what has you a little bit? At any of our conventions, even physically, we've had things happen like 
internet go down and or sound systems or microphones or or you know horrible gremlins i mean we've had them it seems like it would be more horrible if it happens on our first virtual and yet you know we have endured those things i i would hate to be the one who's streaming and have the stream go down i would hate to have a zoom meeting fall out or you know have something that's very important suddenly become unmuted and be like hornet's nest um, or what if we had no listeners you know or very few for all the work we did i mean that's sort of like making a party full of food and nobody shows up you know but i don't mm. think that's going to happen either <laughs> i think people are really eager to see what we have planned yeah and our conventions are not at the same time the different organizations and i think we'll have a lot of curious people too yeah, mm -hmm. capturing that, capturing mm -hmm. that, you know, the rigidity, rigidity of other organizations. If we can capture some of that, you know, moderate, so to speak, to put it in a mm -hmm. political kind of term, the ones that are moderates and on the fence. Yeah, come on over. Sure. Look at what, we're, yes. what we're doing and who we are and yes. what we're about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What can the listeners do to support you guys? and to support ACB radio and or convention? I'd say listen and interact yeah. with us. <laughs> Give us feedback. <laughs> uh, we, we love um, hearing from people and, and, you know, positive comments are always wonderful. And, and it's really nice to know when we're doing something right. And I know sometimes we, we may have a someone with a, with an idea that is going to improve upon what we're already doing. So feedback is welcome. And signing up for lists, because sometimes one of the things that is a little bit of frustrating thing for us is when we have to repeat a lot of the same information over and over again, that's already out there. I mean, that used to frustrate Larry, you know, he would say, why don't people go and look at the schedule? Well, I know not everyone has it, has that ability. Not everyone even has email, but when you do have email, it would really be nice if people sign up for the lists because we put out on the friends list and the radio announce list. And now I think we're both on ACBL and I mean, and leadership too. We try not to put too many show announcements over there, but it, you know, it's really important. I, I've had people write and say, oh, when are you on? Or, gee, I'm listening now, but, you know, maybe we told them that it's a replay. And obviously, if they had seen their email, they would know that certain days there might be replays. And so I think that's one thing that could help. But I, I think, like Jason said, for people to be listening, for people to be tuned in and getting involved in the various shows, that really means a lot. Mm -hmm. So listening, especially every Sunday at 1 p.m. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yeah. indeed. I, I really like, um, I'm someone who, who highlights positivity and good service and wonderful, you know, outreach, et cetera, et cetera. I was just in Publix mm -hmm. the other day because I can't not have milk in my refrigerator. It's just a no-no. And I had a, a woman who went above and beyond. I called the manager. 
And, you know, just highlighted that. And the manager was like, oh, my God, I can't remember the last time someone called to tell me a good yes, thing that an employee good. did. Uh-huh. Lovely. So in the spirit of that, I guess it's a good time to ask you guys to tell the listeners where they can contact, where they can leave good feedback. People can write to support at acbradio.org with their questions and comments. Yep. And we both have email. dhazelton at acb.org is probably the best email address to use. And for my, mine is jcastonguay, J-C-A-S-T-O-N-G-U-A-Y at acb.org. And we also have a feedback form on the website, acbradio.org. That's right. Yeah, that's good. Awesome, 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 awesome. Well, I know we are all looking forward to what you guys do with convention. The shows that are now streaming are amazing. Before I let you go, I want to play three questions with each of you on a personal level, if that's okay, so that the listeners can get to know a little bit more about the personality, the people behind the personalities. Who wants to go first? Ooh, I'll go. All right. Question one, Jason. You are very musical. You have a great artistry. You have a great vision and sound. If you could spend a week as any musician on tour or recording an album, who would you choose? Oh, wow. That's a tough question. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, I love jazz and I love, I, I, I love the things that John Pizzarelli does. So I would mm. love to go around as John Pizzarelli. <laughs> oh awesome. my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Number two, what is your guilty pleasure? <laughs> oh, wow. Remember this is Sunday Four at 1 p.m. i love sweets and Mm -hmm. i need to temper ration my intake of delicious sweet treats (laughs) and the last question who were are your heroes Oh, gosh, so many influences in my musical life have been people like Nat King Cole, Natalie Cole, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, Ray Charles, um, Stevie Wonder. Oh, gosh. Mm. I mean, all like I was never able to focus on, on one exclusively because I loved taking a quality from this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, and incorporating them into what... The, the things that I am then able to express. So um, I, I love, you know, as I mentioned, jazz, I love, and, and especially all of those show tunes from the thirties and forties, you know, the great American mm. songbook, I've heard it referred to. Mm. That is mm. my favorite stuff. So, you know, even some modern um, performers like Tierney Sutton and, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember her name, but, but there, there are definitely some, some people still performing that that get my attention and and i i i just keep learning all the time it's never a done deal 
Nice. Well, I'm going to throw a bonus one out to you and Deb. Don't worry. You're going to get your shot. Tell <laughs> us something about Debbie that the, re- the ACB membership at large doesn't know something fun or exciting or quirky. Oh. Hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie and I have a child. <laughs> Is it a furry four-legged child? <laughs> no. No, it isn't. No. It has oh it, it definitely has a voice. Has a voice. It, it does have a voice. Say hello. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first on Sunday edition, <laughs> folks. Wow. <laughs> All right, Deb, it's your turn. Ready for oh, the hot seat? Yes, indeed. <laughs> You're a woman with a rich and quality voice. Who, what voices out there make you tingle or your heart a flutter? Oh my! You can say me. I I know that I I know I give you the stirs. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh gosh, uh, Nat Natalie Cole is one of them. I love Natalie Cole. Natalie. Barbara Streisand. Um, oh. absolutely. Um, and um, hmm. I'm trying to think of any specific men. I know there are men who <laughs> singers that I love, but but um but yeah, I mean those those are just a couple that come to my mind. When you're not fixing radio shows, hosting radio shows, <laughs> what else does Debbie like to do? I love to cook and most people who know me know that. I mean, I really Mm. love, I love to cook and I love, you know, it's a joy. I love the magic of putting food together and the alchemy of it coming together. I also love the sensuality of it, the texture. I love the joy of eating and of other people eating my food. That is just a wonderful thing. I love music. I love to sing. Um, I used to sing a whole lot more and, and I don't think I sing maybe as well as I did years ago, but in some ways I think I probably sing even better <laughs> in a, in a very different way, learning to play my harp. Um, and I love to read, I love to, you know, hang out with people. Um, love the, I love, um, the healing arts. I love energy work and, and uh, paranormal kinds of things, energy, spiritual kinds of things. I'm, I am very spiritual, but I wouldn't call myself religious. But I, but I love that aspect of, of my life, which is really the center of, of everything for me. Nice. I hope we get to hear some harp during convention. Yeah. That I wanted to nice. give you, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to give you three different questions each. Yes. So, Deb. Yeah. The story of your life is about to be published. Can you tell us what the title is and give us a brief synopsis? You know, the book jacket um, blurb. 
Well, it's funny because I don't know if I would call it the story of my life, but it's what I have been learning from my life. I actually had two books years ago, and uh, I've had a title that's in my head for probably um, the last 10 or so years, and um, it's called Living in the We living in the we, all of us together in wisdom and empathy. And so I really, really do feel, I used to have a lot of other stories of things that happened in my life that some of them were very upsetting. And over the years and more recent years, I have managed to reframe everything to where it's a very different story now. And it's not those old stories. It's not those old sort of axes to grind. It's lots of wisdom and it is lots of empathy. So, you know, that has really been a cornerstone of, of what I feel is important in, in becoming a lot more free and helping other people to do that, to become free and peaceful. Wow, I like that. You've got to come back on Sunday edition when you write that book. <laughs> okay. Well... I'm sure that there are listeners are waiting with bated breath. It's your turn. Tell us something dirty. I mean, funny about Jason that we don't know. Jason is also a, uh, a cook and very spiritual. And Jason and I have a very rich, close relationship. Uh, we, we share on all of those levels and um, we are each a very strong part of, of each other's anchor in, in uh, centeredness. And so it's a lot of fun to share on those levels with, with him. Jason is, you know, he's so good at the music and the computer and all those techie things. Uh, but he, he is also one who really loves those, those things that I just mentioned about cooking and and eating and and also about the spiritual and the energy work and all those things so some of you may not know those things about him wow and we do have this child yes indeed yes (laughs) (laughs) wow i want to thank you guys so very much for coming on the inaugural broadcast of sunday edition i want to thank you guys again for working so hard behind the scenes for both this and I'm going to throw another plug in for Pride Connection Tuesday nights. And we are I so hope- proud of you. We are so proud of you. And it's lovely mm-hmm. to work with you and Gabe. And I am so happy that you have that show and now this new one on ACB Radio. So great work. Well, thank yes. you guys so much. And hopefully you'll come back after convention and we can talk about the highs, the lows, and all the backs behind the scenes drama. Promise me you'll come back. <laughs> oh, we'll come oh, back. Oh, we'd love to, right? Absolutely. Of course we will. Yes. We may all not right. tell you everything, but we'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we can do an after dark episode. <laughs> Ooh, the night edition. <laughs> the after the show edition, right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. Thanks for all that you're doing for ACB and ACB Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for being part of our lives, too. <clears throat> well, I love it, and I love you guys. Sunday edition will be right back 
after this quick message. The Florida Council of the Blind is one of the largest state affiliates of the American Council of the Blind with 22 chapters and special affiliates. Check us out at fcb.org and join a sunny place for happy members. Mention promo code FCB2020 and receive your first year of membership free. Contact Sally Benjamin at 850-980-0205 or email Sal Benjamin, that's S-A-L-B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N at Comcast.net. Hope to see you at the beach. So Deb and Jason are really shaking things up over at ACB Radio and moving things right along. Let's jump right into In Spotlight. So I'm joined now by Sheila Young, the esteemed president of Florida Council of the Blinds. Welcome, 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 Sheila. Thank you, Anthony. Congratulations on your new show. This is awesome. Thank you so much. You're now president of, you're now my president. I'm officially (laughs) a Florida resident and officially an FCB member. (laughs) Well, we're, we're happy to have you. I wanted uh, to have you not only because I think you're a fabulous lady, um, but you are also the president of the largest state affiliate in ACB. Yeah, I guess we are. We're we're pretty close tied with California. So I think we both have about maybe close to the same amount of members, but from Florida to California. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know I was uh, very excited, you know, the last probably group slash convention slash gathering, you you know, that's going to happen for a while. I was really excited to finally meet you in person a couple months ago. And uh, I had heard quite a bit about you, which uh, I can say it was all good. But one of the, one of my favorite things that I heard was that you travel around the state pretty darn often going through all the different affiliate events. Yes, I do my best to attend the events that I can if I know about them. Now that I'm retired, I've got more opportunity to do that. So that that's really exciting. Um, I have gone to West Palm Beach. I have gone to Pinellas Council of the Blind. I have gone to Halifax Council of the Blind. And, you know, we have our officers all have chapters that they are officer liaisons over. And those Pinellas and Halifax are two of the chapters that I oversee. And then I went down to South Sarasota County Council of the Blind's uh, White Cane event. And I've just, you know, I've loved having an opportunity to go meet the members that I know of, but I don't necessarily get a chance to meet at a convention and board meeting because we're always so busy in meetings. So it's been a lot of fun. Nice. I, I like the hands-on, uh, you know, the hands-on approach and shaking and the climate we're in. It'll be a long time before we're shaking each other's hands again. But there's there's something to be said for, you know, bringing the personal touch to things. And when I heard that, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. Well, uh, And then I saw you in action. You know, <laughs> and, I, I'm a hugger. <laughs> I don't shake hands. I'm a hugger. <laughs> So can can you tell us a little about you? Um, I do know that you've had quite a few interesting careers. What uh, and you retired 
I think working with special needs children. Yes, yes. I worked for the Orange County Public School System for 14 years with blind, visually impaired, and multiply handicapped children from mm -hmm. the age of three to fifth grade. Um, I did everything from change diapers to teach them how to eat, to tie shoes, to sing and dance with them, to teach Braille and computers. So everything in between. So. And it was a joy, absolute joy. I retired last June. I'm very blessed that I retired when I did now with all of this going on, so. Yeah, and you're probably just as busy now as, as when you're working full time, if not more. I think I'm more busy right now because of all the calls and I'm on several committees throughout the uh, country, you know, for ACB. So between all of those calls and FCB calls and then other committee, local committees I'm on, I am constantly on the phone, but it's okay. Keeps me out of trouble. Now, I heard that you did restaurant management, and I heard that you've had a couple of other interesting career roundabouts, let's say. Tell us a little about Sheila before special needs, before you became president. I was, uh, well, when I graduated from high school, I worked in a a film processing plant. I ran a machine in the darkroom. And mm. that was extremely fun. I loved that job. And then um, I left that job and got married and was a mother and a wife. And I have two sons. Best job of them all. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we moved from Virginia Beach to Millington, Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee. And then my ex got out of the Navy. We moved to Mississippi. Then he went back in the Navy. We went back to Virginia Beach because <laughs> I'm from Virginia Beach, Virginia. And uh, he retired from the Navy in 96 can't remember if it was, 90, no, 98. He retired from the Navy in 98. And then we left Virginia Beach. We owned a sports bar for three years. That was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed that a lot. That was a learning experience, but I would not advise anybody to go in the bar business. That is, it's not profitable. And then we'd sold the bar and we left Virginia Beach and went back to Mississippi. And I did a lot of taking care of my granddaughter who was newly born after we got to Mississippi. And um, I just, you know, I, I just loved being a family person. I was PTA mom. I was PTA president. I was in the ladies auxiliary. My boys played all the sports you could imagine. So we stayed pretty busy with that while they were growing up. Well, we have the Virginia beach connection. Um, I, I grew up my first couple of years of my life in Portsmouth. My dad was in the Navy too. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so, how I ended up there. My father was in the Navy. Yeah. And my sister's there now. I, I absolutely love Virginia beach. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's huge now though. It, it's so grown up. It's just a massive city and their services aren't as good as they are in Florida. So I'll never go back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When did you get involved with ACB? When I lived in uh, Mississippi, I got involved in the local chapter in the town that I was living in. And then 
I went to a Mississippi Council of the Blind state convention and fell in love with the organization, fell in love with those people, just got very involved. I got elected to the board. And shortly after I got elected to the board, my ex and I split. So I had to resign from the board and I moved to Orlando. I, I came down here because my sister lives in Orlando. Well, we can jump right to that portion. I was going to mention, Patty, those of us that uh, that see you at conventions and stuff are very, very well acquainted with Patty. Awesome, awesome, awesome lady. Yes, she is. And she's a, a big support and a member of the Florida Council for the Blind as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's my travel partner. She's my uh, meeting partner. She goes to all of the helps out at the conventions when we need her to help out. She's a mic runner. She does a little, <laughs> bit, of, little bit of anything that, I, that we ask her to do. She's a sweetheart. So tell me, what is, what is your favorite part of being president and what is the part that's the most frustrating? Oh my goodness. Um, my favorite part is being able to communicate with all of the members and being able to hopefully help them through some trying times or difficult times. Um, I don't have all the answers, but I'm sure that if we work together, we can find the answer. Um, I, I think camaraderie is important. I think just a member-driven organization is what I want us to be, and I want the members to have a say. My most frustrating part right now, it's because we can't get together. I'm, you know, I love the in-person meetings and the just being able to sit down with somebody and go out to dinner with somebody or go to lunch after a meeting and, and be able to communicate that one-on-one -on -one time. So that's, that's my frustrating part right now, but we are very fortunate in Florida. We have got an awesome membership. We've got some very strong people, very, very good advocates, strong advocates. And we've got some strong chapters. So we are a very fortunate state to have such a strong organization. And they work hard. They're always working on something somewhere throughout the state. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? Uh, what do you think is the, is the driving, the driving force of, of the strength of this, this state and the, the advocacy that's done and, and the togetherness, the closeness is it the board? Is it you guys? Is it that Florida is a is a more out and about? You have better weather for all year round. What what do you think the secret is? That's a good question. Um, I guess it's just you know we're we're a family. We try to approach everything as a family, and we argue, and we don't always agree. And my statement is always, if everybody is in a room and everybody's agreeing, somebody's lying. Because <laughs> you can't be in a room of 50, 60, 70 people and everybody agree on a topic. That's just not going to happen. But um, I, think, I think it's because we try to include everybody and we try to um, incorporate everybody's ideas and we try to encourage each other whether we agree or not 
I, you know, my attitude is I want to hear your idea and let's try it. Let's, you know, if, if we can make it work, let's give it a shot. I think it's just a family atmosphere that, that I feel in Florida. And you may be right. It may be because our weather is so good that we can get out more and we can go and do. I, I've never thought about that, but that's a very good point because you don't do that in New York. No, and, and I would imagine, you know, places like Minnesota and, and other places where, you know, not only is there so much more rural, but, you know, when you step out of your house, you've got to shovel for 20 minutes before you can even go anywhere. Right, right. And, you know, and we experience that up in New York, you know, two or three times a year where, you know, it's five, seven, eight feet. But I couldn't imagine. Uh, I know there are places that it starts snowing in October and it doesn't stop until May. And right. I think at that point, you know, they'd have to, you know, they'd have to continue digging for six feet because that'd be gone. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, I, I feel bad. I, I, I feel bad for them because they're probably to a point where they can get out now and they can't. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you were saying something just a moment ago that I was, I wanted to touch on and, and I want to highlight a, a little bit more. Obviously convention is going to be virtual this year and, you know, ACB is taking the opportunity to to drive the the point home of moving into the future, and you know, and I'm sure that there's been some pushback. I you know, I've heard some things. You know, what are you what are you saying to to your members to to Florida members about you know moving into the future and giving you know the virtual convention a chance, et cetera, et cetera. What I'm telling everybody is this is an awesome opportunity for us to involve every member that wants to participate because there's no financial burden, there's no transportation burden, there's no difficulty whatsoever. You can sit in your living room, in your recliner, and you don't have to move if you don't want to. So... I think we're going to have a very good turnout. I think we're going to have a lot of people participate that have never been able to even come to a convention. And I don't want it to be the way we do everything, but I do think that it's important that we connect even if we can't physically be together. And that's why I was pushing so hard for us to have a virtual convention because I didn't want it to see not I didn't want to see it not be done. Yeah, I, I definitely same here. And I know a lot of the special interest affiliates were worried about what kind of programming can be put on, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, there's going to be glitches. There's going to be, you know, it's the first one ever. But I think ultimately a chance for everyone to connect and hopefully even more important, hopefully it can be used going forward to generate member, you know, new membership and, and new blood for the organization, both, you know, Florida and ACB at large. Well, and the other thing is, you know, we are, our committees just did a 180 turnabout because some of their presentations for convention, they couldn't do virtually. So instead of just throwing their hands up and saying, we're not going to do it, it's too hard. They came up with other ideas. So they're still going to do a program. So I think that just shows right there that everybody's willing to be flexible. And I think when you're trying to be part of an organization like this, it's very important to be flexible. And I think people forget that. You know, the other big organization, you know, 
eight of that shall not be named to borrow from uh, Harry Potter. They, uh, their convention is not competing with us this year. People know that I just lost my eyesight four years ago. And, and that was the first place that I was directed to. And it wasn't the greatest of experiences. I was under, you know, the guys that if it's not done this way, then it's wrong. And if uh-huh. you don't think this way, that it's wrong. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping this year that we can capitalize on some, you know, bringing it to a political analogy, some of the, you know, some of the middle of the road, you know, the far one way and the far that way, they're going to stay in their lanes, but I'm, I'm hoping we can, we can entice some of the middle of the road people to ECB because this is really an organization that come as you are, as long as you're coming with an open, you know, open eyes and open heart, open mind. Right. And, and I, that was my first introduction when I was a young uh, adult was, the other organization. And I agree with you. I am so member minded and member oriented that I just, I can't, I can't be a dictator. I just, it's not in me to be a dictator unless I'm in a situation where I got to say, okay, guys, hang on, back up. (laughs) Let's, let's think about this. But you know, you, you have to be able to walk that fine line of, being a president, but yet giving the respect to each other. And I think, you know, Dan Spoon's got it so right when he talks about the core values. You know, we need to have integrity. We need to have respect. We need to just care about what we're doing and about each other. And as long as we do that, we're going to make an organization work. But if you start showing people that you don't care about them, you're going to lose them. Absolutely. Well, you know, as I said, you know, you are the president of one of, if not the largest state affiliate. You've done an amazing job of leading and getting everybody excited. You know, I I can speak from personal experience, you know, that the weekend when convention, you know, Florida's convention planning, everybody was excited to be there. Everybody was, you know, in convention at large. It's like, oh, when are we breaking for lunch? You know, and, and on our weekend, it was like, okay, we're having lunch brought in because we want to keep working. We want to keep going. And that's definitely, you know, credit to, to leadership. What do you want your legacy to be? Um, hmm. I guess I want it to be that I was a hardworking, caring, compassionate president. Awesome. And what's next? What's next? Do you, do you want to keep going in the organization? Or when you're done with presidency, do you want to sit back and say, I can just be a consumer for a while? I don't know when I'm going to be done. We can't <laughs> vote this year. <laughs> This is our election year. That's what makes it even harder this year because we can't do any voting or any business-related topics at our convention because it's not in person. So we're going to have to get through the convention and then figure out where we go from here. Um, I This is only, this is my first term, so I have two more years to be president. And then I am on several ACB committees. I'm on the um, scholarship committee for ACB. I'm on the the, uh, audio descriptive project committee for the performing arts. I've been working 
a little bit on some audio descriptive projects with a uh, media production company here in the Orlando area. That has mm. been very exciting. And do I want to move up into ACB board position? No, I don't think so. I, I will continue to serve on some of the committees that I'm on because I do enjoy the scholarship committee. I love it. Um, you know, and I, and I love the audio descriptive project. I don't, I don't have any desire to be a board member. One, two, we already have three members in Florida that are on the board and you can only have three members from a state. Gotcha. Our, our president is one, of course. Right. right. And yeah. all Edwards and Jim Cross. And Jim. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, I've, I've never, you know, it's, it's funny. I was chosen as the JC, JC, P Morgan Chase, uh, leadership fellow in 2016. And I had been to one other national convention prior to that. And that was in 2005. And I loved when I went up there, I went up to Minnesota and loved it. And then when I became president, I got to go back and I went to St. Louis. And then last, you know, last year, um, I, you know, and I've done the DC trip twice now. And I just, I love that kind of stuff. But to be on the board, I just don't, it, that's not in my plans. Uh, now, ask me in five years. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm not planning on it. Let me put it that way. Um, I love that. Uh, I love that you're involved in, in audio description. And that's, that's, it's a project that BPI also is very, very uh, fond of. And we've partnered up quite a few times. In fact, this week on, on the other radio show, we had a television sh sh uh, show that's about to be audio described because of the audio description project. What other advocacy are you passionate about? Voting, accessible voting in any way, shape or form. We have well, got so many members, well, so many visually impaired and blind persons and other disabilities throughout this country that live in rural areas that don't have a transportation, don't have the service to get to a poll. And if you're blind, there is no way that you can fill out an absentee ballot in an independent and secret way. So I am very passionate about the fact that I voted for 40 years with somebody having to help me fill out my ballot every time. And in 2012, when we were able to use the machines and it talked and I didn't have to have anybody help me, I sat there and cried. I was so excited because that's a right that every sighted person has in this country and we should have it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, so, since I became since I became president, I've gotten more involved in it because I've seen more of it between Jim Crott and Debbie Grubb and you know all the all the different members that Paul Edwards, the the movers and shakers of Florida. Um, <laughs> you know, that that I've learned so much from them to where they've gotten me passionate about it because it is important. It's a very important topic. And I never realized it until 2012 when we could vote independently and secretly. 
Yeah. And I mean, every single vote, this cycle, every single vote counts every single cycle. But this is this is probably in in our lifetimes, probably the most important election. I agree. That we're going to encounter. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen. Who knows whether polls will be able to be opened in August for our uh, primary election. Um, you know, how are they going to do that? How are they going to be able to get people in a polling place to be able to vote? And if they can't physically get there because of other health concerns as well as being blind, they're not going to be able to vote independently. And that's a shame. We we have the technology. It just needs to happen. Absolutely. Well, thank you for telling me all that you told me and sharing. Do you have a message to your constituents or other presidents out there or people who may be on the fence joining? I think that anyone that is on the fence needs to visit both organizations and make up your own mind. I think if you get connected with the right people, you will know whether it's your fit or not. And I feel that I want all of the members of Florida Council of the Blind to know that I'm here. I, I, just because I'm, my title is the president of Florida Council of the Blind, I'm Sheila. I'm, I'm, I'm me, and I am always here to listen, to just, I'll just sit and listen if you want to cry because you're frustrated about being closed up in your house. Um, if you're having issues, if there's something that you just don't know, if I don't know the answer, I'll find the answer if it's possible. But I just want people to know that, uh, you know, I'm human just like everybody else. This this virus is affecting everybody, not just me, not just you, you know, everybody in this whole country. It, this is a worldwide issue. So just know that you've got a family out there to reach to. And Florida Council of the Blind is a good family. And my presidents know how I feel because they talk to me every month. And I have encouraged them to reach out to all of their members and just check in. I, I send out an email about every other week. It says, just checking in. How's everybody doing? If you need anything, call me. And I just think that's extremely important because some people may feel very alone right now. Yeah, absolutely. We, we're, we're trying to do the same thing with BPI. And, you know, we've done a lot of Zoom shares and book shares, audio description shares, and just sitting around and chatting and chatting with the group. And, and just, this, just this morning, our membership put out, you know, check in. We haven't heard from some of you guys in a while. Hit us up. Let us know, you know, how you're faring. Do you need anything? Is there anyone that you know of that needs something? Right. And in this time, in this time, we have to. I, the, the biggest thing I, I'm praying for is that humanity, you know, we're never going to get 100%, but that humanity is taking a look at this and saying, you know, we've gone too far in the other direction. Like, you know, it's time. Yeah. It's yeah. time to start pulling back to that family values feeling and, you know, loving one another and caring. I remember as a kid, I could go out and play. You know, I took the bike out. My mother said, be back for lunch and then be back at dark. Exactly. You know, yeah. And we haven't lived in that world in, in far too long. And no. hoping we and, get. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping the same. I. I have seen a lot of compassion. Yeah. And a lot of caring going on. I know they're doing that, 
next person behind me, I'm paying for their lunch. And then when you drive up to the to the drive through, they go, oh, that person in front of you bought your lunch. And, you know, a lot of that's going on everywhere. So those kind of things are just very heartwarming and very, it's just revitalizing to, to know, hey, we do have human people out there that do care, you know, and we just need to keep it going. You're absolutely right. You know, I'm trying to do a silver linings moment in in every show, or at least that's going to be my goal going forward since this is the first show I'm acting like I've been here for a month. But, <laughs> um, you know, you've got a great sense of humor and, and you're a born storyteller. Can you tell us your funniest moment, convention, all the different all the different stages you've been in? What's what's one of your funniest moments? Oh, my goodness. Um Oh, I wish you would ask me this earlier. I would have thought about it. Um, <laughs> one of my funniest moments. I guess two years ago, I went to a doctor and he was an intern. And he wanted to know who took care of me and who did I live with? And, mm. you know, how did I, how did I, how do you take care of yourself? Who takes care of you? And I just looked at him and I said, are you a doctor? And you're really asking me those questions? I said, I take care of me. Who do you live with? Me. Well, how do you do that? I said, okay, obviously you need some training. Yeah, the famous where's your person question. Or yeah. who yeah. dropped you off? No, honey, yeah. I just got off the bus. I'm good. <laughs> oh, well then, you know, the, the, the dog helps you? Yeah, the dog helps me, but he didn't get me on the bus. He didn't get me off the bus, and he's not going to get me to my address. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're awesome. Dogs are are very special. Oh my god! I, and you know, every time we pass, we have the uh, the harness and the leash hanging, you know, on the the foyer closet door. And every time we pass, they are just like, oh, "Today is today the day? Is today the day?" <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. God, I cannot wait for I that know. moment. I yeah. Know. It's going to be a road trip. I don't know where we're going, but we're going to get out of here for a couple of days and just do something extremely fun. Good. Good. Yeah, I'm just I'm well, just ready to start having meetings again and being able to go out to lunch. <laughs> well, girl, open invitation down here in Miami for sure. Thank you so much for joining me today. And um, I wish I, you the best of luck with your show. Thank you. I look forward to having you again when I have an interesting topic that I know you can shield up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys stay safe and follow all the rules so we can all get together in November, hopefully. I'll be right back with more of Sunday Edition after this quick message. Stay tuned. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. So a lot of takeaways from that conversation, and I think the biggest of them all is that we have to stay in tune with our own mental you know, health, our, our own internal emotions, 
And we've got to pay attention to those around us. I love that she kept saying, family feeling, we're a family, we're a family. And in the larger sense, ACB, we're all a family. We need to look out for each other. I wanted to share something that my dad, I can't believe he's been gone four years, but my dad always said, and it meant something to me when he was saying it, but it wasn't until he was gone that I really looked back and thought, wow, you know, he gave me, he, he gave me a tool for life to, to understand and process. My dad always said, people, places, or situations can invite you to feel any certain way. You choose to decline or accept those invitations. You choose. You know, when I thought about it, you know, of course it came in the context of grief. And you can't choose not to grieve. You can't choose not to feel hurt or sorrow or hopefully happiness. But the underlying, the real meaning under it is you choose what to do with how you feel. And I hope everybody out there listening, especially in these times, chooses to find a way to make lemonade with the lemons that have been thrown at us right now. I just wanted to share that before we got into our last segment, and it's what's happening in happenings. Well, I am joined now by Janine Stanley. Most of you will know her from Ira. Some of you may remember her from the Guide Dog Foundation. Uh, full disclaimer, Janine and I have known each other for quite a while, from basically when I got my dog, Bodhi, and I have done some contractual work with Ira, but we wanted to have a conversation to let you guys know what the state of Ira is right now and moving forward, where Ira is going in the future, and believe you me, they are definitely going places. Welcome, Janine. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Anthony. Can you tell our listeners, before we jump right into the heart of the matter, a little of your trajectory, how you got to Ira, and what exactly you do with them? Sure. Well, I am the Explorer Community Manager and also the Explorer Communications Manager. So um, we wear a lot of hats at IRA. So, <laughs> um, But I joined the IRA team uh, almost a year ago. It was May of uh, 2019. And I joined primarily to work on communications and explore community kinds of issues because Jonathan Mosen, who many of you know Jonathan from New Zealand, he was in that role prior to me. He got a job with the New Zealand uh, government agency and was unable to continue. And he called me and said, hey, there's this opportunity. You actually know about uh, Internet podcasting and things like that. And uh, it, it's been a roller coaster of fun ever since. So um, I come to it from, of course, the guide dog world um, and GDUI from within ACB and uh, have, have been around for a while. So it's kind of fun to be doing technology and uh, something other than dogs because I'm between dogs right now. So <laughs> this is not a great time to be between dogs, folks. <laughs> yes, a lot of people are saddened to understand that thoughts of Roger won't be out there as often if if at all anymore but <laughs> well the happy part is that uh, Roger's family who are his puppy raisers um, actually will continue thoughts of Roger maybe not quite as often but they will continue it which is fun so and he has a squeaky chicken so he's happy 
<laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. I love Roger. The reason we wanted to have this conversation is because there's a lot of miscommunication, dare I say, even fake news out there about the state of IRA, what happened, what's happening. So let's dive right in. Blue Diego, IRA, Troy, tell us about it, Gene. Sure. So in February, in mid-February, IRA was bought by the Blue Diego Investment Group. And everybody went, oh, what does that mean? Who is this Troy Attilio guy? Well, Troy Attilio is our now CEO, but he was our chief operations officer from the beginning of IRA. So basically, Blue Diego is, with a few other people, the employees buying the company back. We did not want to see wow. an end, and that could have happened. And it's kind of an interesting business case because Ira burst on the scene in 2015, 2016 as a startup. We followed the classic path of, you know, the tech startups. We threw lots of things out there. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. We were pretty flashy and whatnot. And it's hard to go from that whiz-bang new kid on the block to a mature service. It can be a little difficult to do that. The big study, I think, in the future will be um, how does an assistive tech company match with a tech startup company? And how do you maintain that whole, you know, wild ride that you go on as a new tech company versus the kind of slower path that you take with an assistive tech company where you have a much smaller market? And the reason that Blue Diego bought Ira was to keep it going because Troy really believes in the service, as do all of us, but the impact of the service on people's lives, he couldn't see it die and he couldn't see it just go away. Now, we know that there are other visual interpreters out there, visual assistants out there, but the way Ira does what it does, that's not going anywhere at this point. Awesome. There are a couple of key points we're going to touch on today, or at least I want to ask about. Or how does Ira really answer the people that say, why are you making a profit? How much of a profit does a company need when you're offering a service, you know, an assistive service? Mm -hmm. And that's a really good question because so many of us are sort of channeled into believing that any business that serves people with disabilities people with blindness or low vision has to be a nonprofit or has to do that at the cost of making money. And unfortunately, that can't really happen. I mean, Ira, we have employees to pay. We have technology to pay for. We've got to pay those wonderful agents. And in order to do that, we do have to charge for the service and we do have to make money. You know, otherwise, you're going to see stagnation and you're going to see us having to, you know, end this particular service the way it's working now. So we are a for-profit business. And just like the folks at Vespero or Humanware or any of the other assistive tech companies, except in our case, we don't really make a lot of money selling to, you know, third parties like rehab agencies. Uh, where we make our money is selling access locations. Now, it's really important for all of you, uh, if you want to see Ira continue, to help us by buying 
a plan. Um, that helps you because you've got more minutes to use, but it also helps us because it's a steady income stream. You know, and that sounds kind of selfish, but uh, without that, we don't go anywhere. <laughs> now, what we're trying to do on the other side of selling our access locations where IRA is free is to get you as much free service as we can. I mean, our ultimate goal is to make the service totally free for the user, but we are too small to do that right now. And until so we get some huge corporate investors or some really big access partners, you are going to have to spend a bit of money. However, we're going to try to keep those costs under control for everybody. I'm, I'm glad you said it the way you said it. I, I want to say to the community, everybody, company, person, access to technology, there's always a growing pains period. And you guys offered so much so fast that I think <laughs> you guys ended up not quite understanding how you would manage it once it was all out there. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk a little bit about the stuff that's out there now. Will it stay? Are we, you know, we know that the horizon glasses unfortunately needed to be phased out. What about some of the free access offers um, or things like Walgreens, um, you know, and some of the airports, all that kind of stuff. Is some of that stuff going to go away. We hope not. And how we make it not go away is we ask you guys to tell them how important it is to you. Imagine an airport right now. They bought, you know, a block of minutes or a patch of time or a subscription to IRA and nobody's in the airport. What are they going to do? You know, do they want to do this again? Well, yes, they want to do it again. And the way that we're packaging our sales now, actually, you know, we're, we're pretty flexible on plans and we understand things that are going on with COVID-19 and people not being able to take advantage of services. But when we start to open back up again, there are going to be lots of restrictions and lots of things like the physical distancing and different precautions that we're going to have to be using that Ira is going to really help out with. We're going to be able to help with some of those things for businesses. So as far as things going away, we don't foresee any major changes through the end of the year. That means changes in plan pricing. The five-minute offer will still be there because everybody likes free five minutes. We started that last August, and we started it in part to increase usage. Boy, we had no idea. We doubled, at the very least, doubled the usage of IRA. So, you know, you guys are out there using it, which is fantastic. We are. We will continue to look at our access partners, continue to make sure that they understand the value of what they're giving people. I can go to the grocery store and not have to worry about violating any of the distance requirements or anything like that. Reading the signs, it doesn't take the place of grocery store help, of course, and we don't market it that way, but it certainly is helpful for the things that you can do with IRA in a store. Absolutely. You know, I was obviously part of helping the MTA rollout in New York. And I saw a lot of what the behind the scenes of this looks like and how much work goes into making something like that happen. And I think a lot of the community doesn't really understand that you don't pick up the phone and call Walgreens. You don't pick up the phone and call something like the MTA. And, you know, a week later you have the access. 
So that's, <laughs> that is, takes that, some, can, that can happen, but it's pretty rare. Yeah, it's a, it's a serious negotiation because this is not an inexpensive process. Now, it's very lightweight in terms of what the entity has to do. They basically just have to give us some information. But in terms of our side, yeah, there are mm-hmm. a lot of hours, especially if you have a lot of locations that you need to geocode and things like that for the MTA or, uh, you know, any kind of chain organization like Target, for example. We've got all of the Target stores now, our access locations, which is awesome. Uh, but thank you, that, thank you, thank you. Ooh, that <laughs> took a lot of work. <laughs> I know I was so jealous because my sister in Virginia is right outside one of the initial Target locations locations for uh, the rollout. So she's had Target for like a year. And so, yeah, so I was so excited when I got it, but... Uh, Just when I was starting to use it, COVID-19 came yes. and... Ugh. So, you know, you and I discussed, I opened up for questions from the community. One of the big questions was specialization in talking with agents and you know, we have Team Viewer and Quick Help, which I think is absolutely amazing. But sometimes you have experiences with agents where they're not quite up to what you need. Is there a plan to to offer specialization in the future? That is something that we are looking at. And we're looking at that and a couple of other things like scheduling. Let's say you have a special task. Okay, I want to schedule an agent to work with me at 2 o'clock on Saturday, and here's what we're going to be doing. And that's something that we're seriously looking at as a feature to roll out at some point this year, possibly. Um, No promises on that one, but it's something that we're looking at. It would be a premium feature, of course. And I think like any subscription service, you know, it's... um, you know, check the app for offers. And we've put out a lot of offers at this point. For example, the distance learning offer, if you are going to college or high school even, and you need some help with distance learning, you're finding some things inaccessible, whatever, through the end of May, we have this offer where you will get 400 minutes per month through the end of May. Uh, You just need to call our support number and get set up for that. But that offer is still good for our distance learning folks. Um, Job Seeker, that's a big one right now. That offer is just phenomenal and it's helped a lot of really interesting people get some jobs. And that covers everything, you know, from resume writing to looking at job listings, filling out ads, all of that kind of thing. So those offers are still out there in terms of specialized things. Here is something that I find helpful. There is a messaging feature in the app. And what you can do, yeah, and this is a great use of the free five minutes, by the way. You can write a message before your call saying, I need an agent who really has some expertise in XYZ. And that message will go out. Your agent who picks up the call will take a look at that and say, let me look and see if we have anybody right now who can help you. And then you will simply call back in and that agent who has said, oh yeah, I've got that. I can do that. will pick up the call. So I encourage people though, you never know what your agent will be able to do and will be interested in and will be able to adapt. When we put them through their 
four to six week training, we grill them on all kinds of things. <laughs> and we have hired some new agents. So I think sometimes what you may see is a lack of confidence, not so much a lack of knowledge, but a lack of confidence in that knowledge. And so, but you can definitely try the text message route. And see, especially if it's a really, really specialized thing you need help with, like um, music or languages, we don't guarantee that we have somebody who will speak another language, but you can certainly ask. Absolutely. I, you know, with personal experience, uh, when I first started using my brand new air conditioner last year, the kill switch had gone off because we had a power surge oh. and I needed actual manual help. Um, you know, and I did the same thing. Text message. Can you look this up before we get started? This is the model that I'm using. Turns out I actually had the wrong model. Um, but the agent, the agent got the information. We, we, uh, fixed it pretty quickly. I had air conditioning going in 80 something degree weather. So, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, awesome. I think my, you know, and this is my show, so I get to say this. <laughs> <laughs> I think my biggest pet peeve in the community is that a level of patience with the service and with agents, and we hear this with the competing services that are out there. We hear this with all kinds of assistive technology. But I love that you and I, and we had conversations a while back about thinking through what you want and how you need the assistance before you go for the assistance. And what I love is that Ira has a wealth of information on the websites, on the blogs, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think a lot of people who even use the services have gone through those uh, educational aids. Can you tell us, you know, what you think are the best ones to start with, where to find them? I'd like some of the, some of the negative thoughts out there. Uh, I'd like them to, to be redirected into, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, we've got all this time. Let's, let's do some research and, and really make, maximize how we use the service. And especially if you choose, and, and you don't have to buy a plan, that's just my suggestion, but if you do want to maximize your minutes and make use of the free five minutes for the short tasks, be ready for that short task. You know, have all of your materials ready, know what you need the agent to do. And I think sometimes because many of us are boneheads, um, myself included. <laughs> and I've tried like 50 different things before I decided to call Ira on this thing that I can't read, that none of my scanning apps are reading. And right now I'm frustrated. And I just want you to read my mind. <laughs> and that sometimes you just have to get up and walk away from it for a minute, and then come back to it and say, okay, now, I'm going to ask, you know, I'm going to get somebody, here's what I need them to do. And so kind of taking that minute to breathe, which right now being at home, being sort of in this state of perpetual anxiety that we're all in, that's kind of hard to do sometimes. But I think just taking a, taking a step back, looking at what you need the agent to do. And understanding that there is a tiny bit of latency, that time between what they see in the video and what you're actually experiencing. So it's maybe it's less than a second, but it is noticeable if you're doing something especially small that you need help with. So keeping that in mind, also keeping that in mind, if you're actually taking a walk, you know, and you maybe want to use Ira to figure out an intersection, 
where there was great traffic flow before. Yeah, you could figure that out before. Now there's nothing. So, yes. you know, getting that little bit of input, understand that there is some latency there. And then use your judgment to judge, you know, the the street crossing when it's safe to go, etc. And I would say that we do have some resources, um, the IRA blog, uh, there are blog entries up there, a lot of them don't talk about how to use the service. So I suggest that if you want real time advice on how to use the service, we do have a Facebook group if you are into Facebook. And that is called IRA Explorers. It is a group that we will ask you a couple of questions because it's explorers only. So the Facebook group has about, I believe, 300 members. And um, we, we moderate it pretty rigorously because we can get some crazy discussions on there. But it's usually pretty low traffic. But it's for ideas on how to use IRA, what you can do if you are just going hands-free because you had a Horizon kit and you were used to the glasses. There are all kinds of ideas about how to go hands-free lots of recommendations on pouches and lanyards and all kinds of things so you can still look cool and be hands-free. We also have a WhatsApp group if you're into WhatsApp and I will send you the links for these, Anthony, so that you'll have them for the show. And then we have an email list and that email list is ira at groups.io and you can subscribe to that list, subscribe plus the plus sign Ira at groups.io. And that is a great place to ask questions because there are people, you know, who have been with us from the beginning. There are people with a lot of really cool, innovative ideas there. And that's the best place to get real time assistance. And then, of course, we have IraCast, which is our podcast that you can subscribe to through your podcast player of choice. So, in a nutshell, Ira's not going anywhere barring any crazy disaster. Right. Um, <laughs> and we want to ask the community to, to live through the growing pains and to explore, no pun intended, or all puns intended, yes. <laughs> and to explore and to share what works and what may need to be tweaked, not only with you guys, but with each other. Absolutely. And, and keep in mind that we actually are in a much more secure position than a lot of companies because we're all used to working at home. That's where our agents work. That's where we all, many of the staff are remote. Um, We've closed our San Diego office for the moment. We're looking at new, much smaller office space, which is great, but we're all working at home now. And for us, that's really not a big deal because of our model. So this is, it's business as usual at IRA and we're happy to be here and help you and If you would like to contact us about a plan, about a free offer, or questions that you might have, then now's the time to give the information, right? Yeah. All right. So our customer care number in the United States is one, actually, this is North America. So it's 1-800-835-1934, and they are open from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time. So, and that is seven days a week, believe it or not. Actually, I think they are open from six to two on Sundays, but it is six to six all around. And you can also email support at ira.io. So that is the way you can get us. Our website is ira.io. That's A-I-R-A dot I-O. I think when the country state by state starts reopening, that there's going to be a large spike in demand for IRA and um, 
a lot more usage. How can we as users get something, a company, a location to be considered for access? Great question. And having been involved in this, you know kind of how the process goes. (laughs) I do. Yes. So first of all, you're going to tell the company about Ira. We have a 15-minute free demo that you can do for them. If you can get somebody high enough in the company to look at it, because getting a local manager, yeah, sometimes they're excited, but you really need to get the people, especially if it's a more national chain, who are higher up in the company to get excited about it. Now, let's say you have maybe a website that that is a little difficult to use. And I'm thinking of like clothing sites where description of the items on the site is really important to do with IRA. And it's something that people do with IRA, even though there might be great descriptions written. Go to that company and say, hey, you know what? This is how I use your website. Would you be interested in providing access when people come to your website? Because that can absolutely be done too. And then you give the company the website ira.io slash access and let them take a look at that particular site and take a look at it yourself, kind of be familiar with it and what parts of it you want to direct them to. And they can also email access at ira.io to say, hey, we'd like to get involved in this. And if it's a place like an airport or a a chain, you know, grocery store like Wegmans, um, we have another um, regional grocery store that's coming online here fairly soon. Pretty excited about that because I have one near my house. So... (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, you can point out, hey, look, Wegmans did this. They've done it for a couple years now, actually. It's been for Wegmans, which is cool. And Walgreens, in the case of a uh, a drugstore, if it's a local chain or a regional chain, you can certainly point them to to that particular model. And you can always write us at support at ira.io if you have ideas or places you would like. We've been working on Walmart, folks. I know, I know. When I say that, everybody <laughs> says Walmart and Amazon. <laughs> and trust me, we're, we're, um, we are trying with those guys. We've been, and the more of you who say, I want this, I use Ira when I go to these places, please make it free. You know, that really does help. I, I you know, from personal experience, you know, as I disclaimed earlier in this, in this interview, I worked with the MTA rollout in New York City, and I will definitely say the more feedback that a company or an organization or a municipality gets, the more interested they are in making this happen. So I have two more questions for you. The first one I know, and because I did open this up to community questions, the first one I know is not necessarily your wheelhouse, but we got a couple of different versions of the same question, and it was team viewer information whether team viewer or not your information when you're using the ira service what levels of security can we expect and i mean i already know the answer to this as you know (laughs) but can you speak a little bit on people that may be afraid to use ira because of security issues absolutely absolutely and a privacy is and security are super important. And that's one thing we take very, very seriously. First of all, our data that we have from all of the calls is never, ever sold as raw data, ever. What we sell is the analysis of that data to 
you know, our access partners, but we're pretty sparing on that as well. So your personal data, let's say Anthony's call about fixing his air conditioner would never be put out there. Now that said, you can actually go to our website, read our privacy policy and read our terms of service. And those are two really important things because you can you can see what is expected of you in the relationship and what you can expect from us. In terms of team viewer security, our agents enter the calls through a dashboard. So they are behind a VPN. And so they are not able to get any data from your session, anything like that. They also sign really strict agreements on privacy, confidentiality. They are bonded. We take all sorts of precautions. And anyone who violates any of those precautions is dismissed immediately. So we take it very, very seriously. And um, we want you to feel secure in doing TeamViewer through your phone or through the computer either way. Awesome. So yeah, privacy is, is a really big deal these days. Yeah, let me give you one more thing about privacy too. You sure. can ask that your calls, your recordings not be saved. We save all recordings for training purposes, and we also do a little bit of AI research on your calls based on keywords and things like that and object recognition, all those fun AI things that go into research and development. Uh, but you can actually say, please do not save this recording. Please do not record this call. And a lot of employers may require that. But if you're doing something super sensitive, like banking information or something like that, you don't want that recording kept. You just let us know. Now, we do it on a call-by-call basis. So we can't just you know lock that in for you and say, we're not going to record any of your calls. But certainly, if there is something that you want uh, not recorded, we can do that. When you're using Ira in the workplace, there are a lot of workplace security implements in place, so on and so forth. Can Ira offer up to employers some sort of document saying that each call that we ask not to be recorded, so on and so can can is there something out there in Ira's releases that we can show employers so that we can use Ira in the workplace? without any worry. Actually, yes. And typically what we give people is our privacy policy. And then we can talk to an employer, especially if they are providing access for you as part of your employment, maybe as a reasonable accommodation. We can draw up some individual contracts with employers that will say, you know, these calls will not be recorded. And again, we kind of have to do that manually because it's not something we can set um, and have all the calls from X employer not be recorded, but it's that's something we're looking into. But yes, we have put those agreements in place with some employers where there is really sensitive information. I will say that technically we are not HIPAA compliant because HIPAA compliance is a technical standard that you have to meet. However, that said, we can delete the recordings, you know, whatever needs to happen for that business for you to be able to do that kind of work. And I know there are some state agencies out there that are very, very fussy about um, assistance. And so we're trying to work with them to be sure that we can provide you with the assistance you need in the workplace. We're happy to work with an employer, uh, but there are some things that are just going to be a little bit too difficult, like HIPAA compliance is an expensive proposition, actually. Yeah, yeah. 
So let's end this on a fun note. Can you tell our listeners some of your favorite free access partners and one really, really fun thing you've done with Ira in since the pandemic started? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> since the pandemic started. See, my favorite access partners are airports because I love being able to move through an airport with you know just ira and have that ability to just get up and go wherever i want do whatever i want know that i can get back to my gate no problem i can even be an obnoxious traveler who is late and running through the airport and pushing people out of their way i had to do that recently and it was i look back and go oh man i was that jerk you know oh that's awful but thanks to ira you know i made my flight woohoo so <laughs> Let's see. Since the pandemic, I've been actually out walking. I My husband's guide dog is still here. And so I take him out on leash and we go out for walks and maintaining the social distance and seeing some of my neighbor's wild um, masks that they've made themselves. And, <laughs> and uh, one of my favorites is one of my neighbors has one with the exploding head emoji on it. <laughs> So I thought that was great. And, uh, you know, so that's probably the most interesting. I'm a boring person. That's probably the most interesting thing I've done. Um, short of, you know, building a few things. Um, we, we tend to like furniture kits and crazy things like that. So we've, we've done a couple of those. My husband is building a ham radio antenna. Mm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Talk about your specialized agent activities. Um <laughs> And I'm sure we'll get some feedback about that on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Um, On a personal note, I love the human interest, uh, the human resource, excuse me, the human resource posts. Yes. (laughs) Keep them coming. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, my coworkers are just about fed up with me right now. So, (laughs) will you please go on a business trip or something, okay? And folks, my coworkers are Linus the Golden Retriever and Nyota the Bombay Cat. <laughs> and uh, Nyota the Bombay Cat is very, very unhappy with the state of affairs with her humans right now. So <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned to Facebook. Janine, yes. thank you. Thank you so much for coming to talk with me today to assure the community that Ira is here to stay. And again, please give feedback. And if you are in Ira Explorer, please use it to let others know. And um, the more feedback, so you can you can get referral minutes, folks. If you refer somebody and they actually make their first call, you get thirty free minutes. Ah, thank you. That's what I'm so tongue tied. That's they. where I was going. Yeah, <laughs> referrals and and actually, we at Ira really want to congratulate BPI on your twentieth anniversary. That is awesome, and uh, we want to be here for any celebrations you guys have this summer. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to it. And hopefully in Phoenix, we will have a nice Ira presence. Thank you for joining me today. And um, I look forward to all the Facebook postings and all the fun things coming up with Ira. Sure thing. Take care. Stay safe, everybody. Sunday edition will be right back after this quick message. Hey, Jason, do you remember BPI? Oh yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB. Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention. Yoga, wine tastings, fun parties, as well as other interesting learning activities. 
Well, guess what they're up to now? Ooh, do tell. They are now having their own show on ACB Radio Mainstream. It's called Pride Connection. That's great. But what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community? No worries. This is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. And in the words of BPI's leadership, everyone is welcome. BPI is proud to offer an open space where you can be yourself. Hmm, so what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection? Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness topics to LGBT education, technology to advocacy, accessibility issues to everyday topics. So when will Pride Connection take place? Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect, mingle, and learn while having fun. Pride Connection. Join the BPI party every Tuesday at 10 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream. You've been listening to Sunday Edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email Celebration AC. That's the word Celebration with the letters AC at AOL.com. Look forward to hearing from you, and let's brunch again next Sunday.